0: Hello, Mustang fans, and welcome to another Ford Performance edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm your host, John Klore. You know, from my years with AutoWeek Magazine, the Ford Special Vehicle Team, Ford Racing, and now, Ford Performance, I've always known that everyone has a Mustang story. So to that end, I hope you're reading my efforts to tell your story in the Enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com, as well as keeping up with the latest happenings in the Mustang hobby by checking out FordPerformanceClubConnect.com every week. My co-host is a Mustang hobby and industry expert who is perhaps best known as the longtime president, and that's not a cut, it's just he's been around a long time, of the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan, or Moxham. Boxham is one of the largest and most active Mustang clubs on the planet. Plus, Mike also heads up Boxham for you, Bronco owners, as well as being the new leader behind the International Council of Mustang Clubs. Mike Ray is the guy I'm talking about. You know him. You love him. I know him. Mike, tonight we're really going to switch gears. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun tonight. And um, this is going to be something uh, that's going to be, you know, con- uh, continuing on a consistent basis. We hope so because. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been uh, listening to your comments. You know, uh, Mike, we're we're at a lot of shows all across the country, and we're really pleased when people come up to us and say, hey, I heard you guys on the Mustang Owners Podcast. Well, they say, yeah, that's us. Yeah, it's so great to hear that feedback, isn't it, John? It it just makes our day because, you know, we, we toil and do all these things. We're hoping people listen and enjoy, tune us in, whether it's on that horrible commute to work or an evening when there's really nothing on TV. When you can't stand the news uh you know there's all kinds of reasons why you want to listen to the podcast but so what we're going to do tonight ladies and gentlemen we're going to take the some listener mail you many of you have sent your uh comments and suggestions into clubhub at ford.com and in the subject line you just put you know podcast mail or podcast suggestion or mustang owners podcast and we've been reading them, and I find a lot of them are very interesting. And Mike, maybe tonight we can answer some of their questions. Uh, We got some suggestions here. We got some challenges. So sit back, and if one of these are your questions, let let us thank you for sending that in. And Mike, we might as well get started with the first one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, the first one, we're not going to mention anybody's last name or hometown so that uh, people don't persecute you. Uh, But this first one comes us from uh, Barbara. Uh, from Ohio. And Mike Barber says, Dear John and Mike, I must admit, I really enjoy your podcast. Well, there you go. We started off on the right, on the right foot. <laughs> Nothing against all the Mustang celebrities you guys interview, but why don't you consider doing more people stories like you did on Helena and Ron Sandler from New Jersey?
1: we also did Graffleman, and uh mm-hmm. i know we got uh another one uh with fran constantino coming up soon so we yeah, we're definitely doing the people as well
0: well that, that's a good question you know mike let's face it it's a tough it's tough sometimes we we mix uh celebrities people with special cars we do a lot of event stuff um it's kind of like a recipe where we do try to mix it up yeah absolutely and like i said we got a lot more already in the works that
1: are just actual enthusiasts and that, you know, they might have a small car collection or, you know, even uh, Mike Berardi, you know, his personal collection. So those weren't what we considered um, stars or celebrities. Those are just the local guys that, you know, have a cool car
0: collection and are enthusiasts for Mustang. Well, let's put it this way, Barbara. That's a great, great suggestion. Uh, but in our defense, uh, we did uh, remember we did Mark Young, who, yeah. the club president who's got a very interesting family story with Mustangs. Um, we did, uh, remember we did Dennis Healy, who won, yeah. the, uh, he's, a uh, Mustang Shelby Club of Long Island. He won the five Oh fever car. Uh, I think we did Matt Timmons. Matt was, uh, a California highway patrol guy. Who yeah. He bought his first K code. Really interesting so, fellow. He was, I, was more a, more
1: I think about it. We've done a ton. <laughs>
0: well, remember and remember, uh, we found that one guy that had that super low mileage Mustang two Terry Sullivan yeah um so i mean regular people i guess you could say you don't have to have a like dave purcell of the the seer car yeah you know he's got a he's got a a celebrity car kind of like raffleman and and you know uh gail wise they all but uh, i mean uh how about steve and angie caesar with their king cobra yeah they're regular collectors but they happen to be uh at an event and I'll tell you what, Barb, we will look, we're going to look for more of the, we, we agree, people stories are really what makes it happen. Mike, what, what's, what do we always say? You know, everybody's got a Mustang story. Right? Absolutely. And no two are the same. So um, if you have a suggestion out there and you have someone you believe would make a great people story for the podcast, go ahead and send it to Mike Ray and I and send it to clubhub.com at ford.com and um, with their email address of course you better ask them first if they want to be on the podcast but mike we do think of there there are many club members and mustang owners that we'd like to tell their story it's just that right now we've had so many other things going on i i I guess well we can promise barbara will do a better job of trying to get more people in there how's that
1: Yeah, you know, after you're naming all these names, uh, I know we did some, but I mean, we've done a lot, actually. I mean, I'm guessing it's probably got to be at least 30 to 40 percent have been actually people stories.
0: Yeah. So uh, let me put it this way. Barb, if you want to go back through our playlist on either Spotify or Apple and go back through and just, I think you just have to go back from the beginning and start listening to all of them. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Maybe you haven't heard all of them. We we do try. And if, uh, like I said, if you have a great people story, we want to hear it because- that's what makes the Mustang world go around. But thanks for throwing that in. That was a, yeah, I think, we're, I, you know, I'm going to, def- I think you're right, Mike. We're going to defend ourselves on that. When we do okay, could we do better? Probably.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like we only did one or two of them. You know what I mean? We're doing a pretty good uh, mixture there. Yeah. In my opinion. <laughs>
0: That's okay. All right. <laughs> now let's move on to another one here. Uh, this one comes from a guy named, oh, his name is Dave, and he's from Ohio. Uh, he says, hey, guys. As a Mustang Club person myself, I was most interested in some of your early podcasts on Mustang Club life, like what makes a great car club event, the business of running the club, the benefits of club membership, et cetera. Why don't you guys share some of the info that Mike gets from his club council and summit meetings and do a podcast on how to get young people involved in our hobby? Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great one. Definitely for
1: sure. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what the, the main question is with clubs around the entire country. In my opinion, their number one thing is how do you get the younger groups involved? And, uh, you know, like the Bradley Belcher starting the millennial Mustang registry, that's a huge step for the the younger generation to get in the hobby and, you know, take over where us older gentlemen now are, you know, moving on if you will in life and we gotta (laughs) we gotta pass that
0: torch to somebody there's gotta be somebody younger than us well wait a minute um first of all dave uh, um if mike and i had the secret (laughs) to how to get uh younger people involved in the hobby i don't think either one of us would still be on the board of moxham uh (laughs) (laughs) well that's I mean, like
1: you know what an example um if you want to share that with uh the 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 um guest we had on tuesday the special guest at our moxham club meeting if you want to share that story with them
0: hear that believe it or not summer is just around the corner luckily armorall america's most trusted auto appearance brand has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine plus now through may 31st we'll give you five dollars for every 20 you spend on armorall products that means car wash pods protectant tire shine you name it Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, yeah. So um, just to throw this out there to everybody who likes to hear stories about young people. Uh, at our regular club meeting, one of our members came up to me and said they were at a very popular cruise in uh, local. which uh, a very large cruise in, five, six, seven hundred cars. and They met. Um, a a young person, uh, and by that I mean an eleven-year-old, who was out there taking photos of mustangs, and um she said uh, to me, uh, "You should go meet them. the The mom and this this eleven-year-old are here at the meeting. Turns out the mom's a, a Mustang Maxum member, and the young person is is her son, and he is a avid Mustang fan. I go, well, that's kind of cool. And she said, the guy's got his own YouTube channel. And as it turns out, um, he just got his first Mustang, and I I said, "How's wait a minute? I just looked over at the table, Mike, and the kid's 11 years old. I right? How's is, how's is that possible?" And she said, "Well, go meet him." Uh, and I went up to his name was Quentin. And I said, "Quentin, I understand you just got a Mustang," and the mom said, "Yeah." Um, his grandmother said to him, "You know, I was gonna uh, when I go on, I'll I'll leave you something, of your inheritance, but I'd rather see you." make a decision on it now. So what would you possibly want with your inheritance? And he said, I want a Mustang. <laughs> so they, the grandmother went out and bought him. A, I think, it, Mike, it was a 2006 Mustang GT Premium. Yeah. So we had an 11-year-old buy his Mustang. It's in his name. Apparently, he can't drive it until he's 15 and a half. So <laughs> yeah. you very graciously had Moxham award him a youth membership, a membership, whether, whether or not it's youth or not. He got his membership. Yeah. Party. We gave him a history book, uh, from, thank you, Donald Farr, uh, from Mustang 50 Years and a collector, collector 10. And we wanted to get him started. And the, Mike was very facetious when he said, well, there's a board member when he's 15 and a half. Exactly. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, but what a
1: great example. Like, he, Johnny, starting a YouTube channel. I mean, to see somebody that young and that invested in the hobby that we've grown and loved for, the last 50-plus years. um, It's nice to see something like that, especially at such a young age.
0: Well, so what I'm going to do, ladies and gentlemen, if you look for Quentin's story on FordPerformance.com, uh, in, uh, in a few weeks we'll be having his piece up there in the Ford Fan Spotlight section, so I don't want to give it all away and give his name all the way until he has his moment in the in the spotlight. But it, Mike and I don't have the... Uh, I don't know, Mike, is it's not a secret... Um, How I mean, we do have the summit meeting. Uh, Why don't you tell them a little bit about that, Mike, how we share best practices, at least least with clubs in the Midwest. And I know we've done it with the Mustang Owners Museum down in the southeast as well. And I I think you went out with the International Council, Mike, you want to do more of these summits. Why don't you explain a little bit about
1: that? Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying to possibly put something together this fall at the Mustang Owners Museum. and it's just it's just a chance to get people from around the country who normally wouldn't get a chance to meet or talk, um, talk about club life and uh, you know best practices, um, things that you cannot get over that hurdle with, um, you know your biggest obstacles. Um, what have you got that's just worked so flawlessly that you'd like to share with another club because. Your big success might be someone else's biggest weakness, and just something as a simple conversation or meeting face to face, or you know, via Zoom in this one while we're all in one room, if you will, um, it, it could change people's um, whole perception, different ideas, and actually make you more successful than you know that you're even looking for. Um, we got something simple as name tags when we went to our first MCA summit back in 2010. I want to say it was, or um, and it was just. The way these, this one club in Virginia had name tags and, you know, we brought that back and then we we implemented it within our club. So talking amongst each other and all the clubs and from a different around the country is great. And then you're talking about the young people. Let's look at how are they all addressing that and, you know, what successes have they had um, by, you know, inviting or including younger people into their clubs. And everybody can take and share it and do their own little spinoff um, with that, to you know, to become successful, especially in the areas that are lacking.
0: Well, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm very fortunate with my job at Ford that I get to travel around the country and interact with a lot of clubs. And I I brought up at one of these summit meetings with Mike um, that uh, the the Mustang Club down in South Texas, um, very young club. They're all in their 30s and 40s. And um, they had five or six little attractions at their show that just drew all kinds of young people, the Boy Scouts and kids from schools and how they interact with the school systems. And we brought a lot of these ideas to bear, Mike, I think, in the summit. So uh, to to this point, to, for Dave's point, we, um, we are going to spend more time uh, with the International Council. When we do uh, deal with the Mustang Owners Museum and have their Southeast Summit, we're sure to share that with Steve Hall and We'll get the we want to get this information on and uh, mike i know somebody had mentioned why do you do that because you're you know you're, you're going to give your secrets away to the competition what's your answer to that
1: no see and you know we we do discuss this a lot lately um i don't feel in the mustang community that there that there should be a competition one club against another i think we're just one huge big family that should be helping each other and making this community stronger as a whole. And uh I, I don't like the competition thing right there, you know, our club's better than yours, or we got more members than yours, or we had more at our show than yours. It's how can we do to help everybody increase um the visibility, the memories, the benefits of being a club member and share it with each other so we all can grow together as one.
0: Hallelujah. Absolutely. Um okay, so Mike, let's do this. We'll, um, what we'll do is we will put together a podcast for you guys who are interested in uh, what some clubs are doing to get young people into their club and get them involved in the hobby. And also, um, you know, get, get the ideas that young people have shared with us and why they don't come to the meeting and why they don't go to the car shows and what you'd have to do uh, in your club. Not to change the way you do things, but to maybe add something uh, to, to attract them. And we'll be happy to share that, won't we, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so very good suggestion there, um, uh, Dave. Uh, We appreciate you uh, sending that one in. Uh, Let's try another one here. Uh, Jeez, Mike, these guys are just giving us work. (laughs) i got to make a list of everything. (laughs) Another one came through at clubhub at ford.com. Someone comes to us, a guy named John in Kentucky. Uh, Dear John and Mike, I love your podcast, but I had a question. Have you ever considered doing some tech talk style interviews you know some how-to stuff like what is posted on youtube
1: Hmm. yeah no we have not got that question yet before
0: um i don't know about this one what's his name again oh john um mike the do podcasts lend themselves to tech talk i i
1: it's usually more of like a YouTube video kind of thing, is where that that forum I think would fit best.
0: Yeah, I mean, to to your question, John, that's a you know I know a lot of people like to talk tech. I know we we did discuss uh, we want to do a little more history work. I know there's several podcasts out there that all you do is talk about Mustang history and the nuts and bolts of Mustangs, and that's a totally different kind of podcast. Where uh, we want to do infotainment. Uh, So not just to inform you about things in the hobby, but to entertain you a little bit with, because we know a lot of these crazy people, Mike, they're all there. We got a lot. of. (laughs) Yeah, I think they're entertaining people. So I would say um, if there is something that is interesting and entertaining where we could do a like a technical talk with someone uh, where we don't have to actually show it. And Mike, by the way, a couple of our emails came through that had asked us, are you going to take the Mustang owners podcast? and post them on YouTube. Right. And I said, not until I get a haircut. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I don't know. We could talk to Gerard, our producer, or Steve Hall. I don't know where, where we're going to take this podcast. But uh, the good news uh, for those in, in John in Kentucky, you should know this, that we're climbing up the ladder. We've been uh, rated uh, on the top 10 now of Mustang podcasts that are available in the US. And we keep climbing, which is a testament to you out there who are liking the content so we want to listen to what john has to say and if there's something technical that we can talk about that we don't um you know uh, put anybody to sleep uh we'll we'll definitely consider that good that was a good question but yeah. yeah i it right now yeah you know mike i don't i don't know if you know this at one time when i was a young person i did uh actually have a, a state of michigan license mechanics license i mean i could actually work at a service station and perform legally perform work on your car. I don't want to tell you how many years ago that was. So, I mean, at least least technically I'm not uh, illiterate. It's just that I like the people, things, and the celebrities that we talk to as as it is.
1: Back in my school days, we had to get state certified as well to do it because we were working on customers' cars in the auto shop program, and we had to be certified. So I used to be certified in brakes and things like that as well.
0: Yeah, I mean so I mean the tech stuff is cool, I guess, but uh to answer the question, uh only if it's interesting and we can find an angle where it'll be entertaining for you folks because we uh we wanna we value your time listening to our podcast. So All right, here's one. Uh, oh geez. This one is coming from Mitchell in uh this is okay, It's Missouri. Dear John and Mike, every time I listen to another one of your podcasts, I wish you'd announce your take on some of today's hotter topics. Like, and here's two of them, Mike. Why Ford called the Maki a Mustang. <laughs> and give us your take on the current. E.Vs versus Ice War. How about it? Oh boy.: Okay, well first of all, I work at Ford.
1: <laughs> and you like your job?
0: <laughs> so uh, I think we could say that a lot of people in the Mustang world were not happy when the pony wound up on an electric SUV. A lot of people uh, but as far and we had Dave Perisac come to a a meeting. I, I think he drove in the back with yep. a, with uh with a Maquis surprised everybody and was surrounded and uh, you, I'm not gonna say your club Mike was hostile towards the chief engineer of the Mustang but they were giving him a lot of grief on the Maquis that he brought but, yep, Dave, but Dave explained it didn't he he did he said okay so to answer uh, let's see Mitchell's question Mitch um the way it was explained is that based on the government's um CO2 standards uh which are getting more stringent and stringent every year if uh Ford did not have a EV in a vehicle line uh to offset the carbon credits that you get from low emission vehicles eventually the heavily V8 populated Mustang brand would have to be eliminated because it doesn't have it it doesn't have enough offsetting CO2 credits to offset its V8 engine, and and you know, right now the Coyote has got every sort of all possible technology to make it as clean as possible. I dare to say that you could uh, suck on the tailpipe of a Mustang and be cleaner than the air we had in Michigan after the Canadian fires of late. All the hockey hockey sticks in Canada were on fire this past month. uh, But but I can I can tell you this that the way it was presented by Dave was that so. If we make an e v mustang and it gets you know it gets credits so we don't have to buy them off Tesla and that allows us the c 2 uh space the bandwidth if you will to make a v eight mustang or right. a V8 mustang so that's the way it was put to us now Mike when I said that uh some of your members i'm not going to name who they are because I still hang out with them came up to me and said <laughs> oh, that's a bunch of you could have you could have could have done a corporate You didn't have to put the pony on it, even Bill Ford was, you know, kind of skeptical. They didn't have to do that. That's just, you know, I've heard all all sorts of things. But the fact of the matter is the other thing I've heard, Mike, and maybe you can speak to this. Marketing wise, uh, the cool factor in EVs belongs to some company named Tesla. It didn't have marketing and it didn't have advertising because it's got the cool factor. Tesla is a cool factor, so they thought if we're going to get into this this segment, we have to get into it with both feet, and we have to give spend a our silver bullet. And the cool factor at Ford. Say what you will about all the cool Fords you guys own out there, but the coolest Ford is Mustang. So the marketing input was let's let's put a Mustang on this car to show that we can be cool and be an eevee at the same time and mike i think dave said something about driving it and handling and the experience was a mustang type experience i can't remember exactly what he was but he seen he was skeptical too
1: you know yeah I, I agree and you know what and i have to confirm that that um i've driven a mach e gt performance edition dave warned that when we did it was going to be insane and i can tell you i've driven a lot of cool cars over my years in my career and by far the maki gt performance edition is the fastest vehicle i've ever been in or driven in my entire life and it's just because of the torque it just instantly just goes and it's so quiet it's like a you know a quiet deadly sleeper if you will but that thing can really move and you know yeah the enthusiasts do not like that name being attached on there but you know, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, Dave explained that if we want to keep those ICE engines and keep those VA Mustangs going around, this was something we had to do. Did we have to use that name? No, but like you said, Mustang in Ford world is the icon of all icons. So what better name to keep the attention or bring it into the EV uh, world uh, than what the Mustang is? Everybody knows Mustang around the world.
0: Uh, that's Uh I agree with that. It's just that, you know, um, purists um, are never going to agree. And um, one, one of my former bosses at Ford, I won't name him right now, but said, I'd rather they just kill the thing than to bastardize it. And then they, that sentiment was very strong. Uh, and even Bill Ford was skeptical until he drove it and felt that this car had earned a performance reputation, which is, you know, and if it's going to be the future, it'll be a future for a whole new generation of people who don't really know what a pony car is maybe I don't know, um, or maybe the people out there who think they should have called it something else, uh, and make their own icon. A Mustang was, you know, uh, Lee Iacocca, Hal Spurlick, Alderman, Don Fry. Those guys, that was their icon, and make a new icon. You don't have to keep bringing up the old ones, and I, I get that too. So we understand you out there, uh, Mitch. We we get we understand your your question, uh, but those were the answers that were given to us, and. It's up to each Mustang club and person to see what they do with the mach and how they want to accept it. I know, Mike, some clubs have just uh, shunned it, and uh, they don't accept it, Where other ones are I'm embracing the new technology. Right, absolutely. Well, it's not a bad thing. But um, the other thing, Mike, he asked about is do we want to talk about the EV transitions? Um, I don't know. I don't know what we can say at this point. Um, we can say this. Um uh, one of the quotes from Ford had been, we're going to jump into the EV world with both feet. We just hope the customers come with us. And at this point, uh, are we setting the world on fire with it? No, the EVs are selling much stronger, but they're not a significant part of the market. They haven't really made up some of the sedan uh, losses that Ford's had at this point. But a lot of it is infrastructure, Mike. I think people are still, and, and it's I, I really think people are out there that will never buy an EV because it just won't suit their, their needs. You
1: know, well, yeah, if you're going long distances, that's a, you know, a huge, uh, you know, a huge factor there. You know, if you, if you're, you like to take long trips and like to go six or 700 miles on a cruise, you, you know, you're definitely going to have to stop, but it's not just for gas. It's going to be for a while while you
0: charge up. Yeah. And so it's not Mitch. It's not that we don't want on the podcast to, Take on the issues of the of the world right now and and talk about all the pressing things. It's not that we don't want to it's just that you know these these are discussions that are at the tent uh and you know the we don't want to alienate anybody that's who's on one side or the other um I, to discuss them you know beyond what we do in a q and I i I don't know if that's necessary at this point and there are a lot of people that you know i I was accused of saying well, you know back in the day the government didn't pick you had to buy a model T and sell your horse they didn't uh, they didn't subsidize purchases of the model T and um you know the, when mrs ford drove uh, a detroit electric in 1910 up and down woodward avenue an electric car cuz she said to henry that the model T was noisy and and smelly uh, you know which, which is probably less noisy and smelly than a horse <laughs> but but the, the the only two things that, that got her out of that car was um, range anxiety and um, the time it took to recharge it. Here we are 100 years later, the only two issues we have with EVs are range anxiety and the time it takes to recharge it. So for those of you who think it's going to happen instantaneously, I might caution you, um, you can't legislate technology, because if you could, Mike, we should legislate the end of cancer or something like right, that. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should legislate that young people immediately take over the Mustang hobby. Yep, yeah, I agree. So, so we—it's not that we're avoiding the the topics of the day on our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It's just that you know there's there's a lot of unknowns, and like I say, we don't want to go down the rabbit hole and get everybody upset and angry, and we just want to have you have an enjoyable podcast experience. <laughs> so, so Mike, I think the the less we say on that one, the better okay <laughs> yeah gosh are we digging a hole for ourselves in this first <laughs> listener's mailbag issue of the mustang owners podcast with mike ray and john Clark? okay here's oh geez i don't know if i want to do this one okay all right we'll, we'll do one more mike oh gosh I'm gonna, i'll do it uh this one comes to us from kevin he's out on the west coast in california hey john and mike I'm becoming a Mustang Owner's Podcast fan, and I never thought I was going to do that. Well, that's good news. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what's the problem here? But weren't both of you involved in that Treasured Collectibles archives book from a few years ago? Why don't you do a podcast on what happened to that project?
1: You know, and as funny as you're saying that, John, I'm literally responding to a text right now regarding that as we speak this second.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay all right so for those of you out there in podcast land know which we're talking about uh there was a really cool uh project uh, pre-covid several years ago maybe what mike four four or five years ago
1: yeah it was 2019 our 20 yeah 2019 september okay
0: some some uh, group who uh was in australia came to the u.s and uh talked to Ford in the West Coast office and got to Henry Ford third and that's and showed him a really cool really cool collectible got a lot of people involved uh Mustang Marie was there John Kleiner of the West Coast everybody was in we're all excited about it. Well what happened was there was a uh, um a problem with the licensing the two people the two players were involved one of them uh came here and created a pre-sell and they then they had a business split and the guy who walked off with the pre-sell uh, there was going to be lawsuits and some early investors and it was it was just a big legal mess and the guy who owned the idea never gave up on it, even though he lost everything and uh, finally decided he, you know, that it's still worth you know, the project's still worth it. There were so, what, several hundred people bought into it and Mike and I were very interested because Mike and I were very active in getting this word out about this book and so it's now uh, been uh, back in the hands of the original owner if you will uh mark roberts who is uh iconic global sports he went back and restarted the entire project we it's a book with you know eight or nine different authors a four hundred and ten page uh unabridged history of ford motor company um uh from the day one from bagley avenue and henry ford all the way to current day and trucks and cars and mercury and etzel and tractors and falcons and Fairlanes and oh my i mean the this book is a 20-pound, 410-page, unfiltered, unedited by Ford, History of the Company, in a beautiful presentation case. Inside, kind of like my first Mustang Dynasty, Mike, we had all those pull-outs, letters from Thomas Edison, and things that are archives that were, uh, they they're reproduced brochures and sales uh, items, and um, telegrams and articles of association, all these wonderful pieces out of the archives have been reprinted, a whole drawer full of those. And then, of course, uh, the, the, to me, the the big sales thing for me was all these beautifully reproduced badges from the 50s and all the great names like Thunderbird and Falcon and Fairlane. And uh, what—and this gorgeous presentation case, you know, it was it was very much worth much more than the asking price of a couple hundred dollars. But he, we had to go back and restart all over again, and right. uh, he had to. He didn't have Ford's help. He didn't have Archives help. He didn't have, you know, the eight authors, and so everybody re- dug in, and we redid the whole project, Mike, and it took us another two years. But the good news is, this past Carlisle, we were able to tell the world it's in print. Yep. So, uh, for those of you who had ordered the, um, the what's known now as Ford, the Collector's Edition. You will get your books. The, that's the great news. We we hope to get them. There. Uh, the print runs over now. It's going to be shipped from overseas, but it's now it's, instead of going through LA, it's got to go all the way around to New York. So we're thinking late summer, and we'll figure out a way to get everybody who ordered one uh from a couple years ago is going to get theirs. And for those of you who want the world's greatest Christmas present uh for three hundred dollars, you can have this one of a kind. Uh, we'll have Mark Roberts on, Mike. Yes, very soon as well. I mean, what can we, you know, it it wasn't a fun moment for us. It was a tough two years to start, hit the restart button because we were, we were adamant we were going to get this thing done because it's just too cool not to make for Mustang and Ford people.
1: No, I agree. And I I think, you know what, let's get Mark on sooner than later. And uh, let's do one of our next episodes with him to, to get the word out to the people, especially now since we can take new orders now and that the print run is getting done and they actually will be readily available to the people uh, as soon as they hit the port.
0: Yeah. So, um, yes, uh, to your question, Kevin, um, uh, yes, we were involved and yes, um, it was dead in the water and yes, now it's been resurrected. We actually showed people the action, Mike, they were grabbed right off the press and air freighted to Carlisle to show people that they do exist. Yep. Uh, once they hit the shores of the United States, we're going to make sure that people who uh, bought them for the original price will get them. Then, and, and those who want to order them, Iconic Global Sports will be able to order them. Uh, coming this summer, you'll get them later this summer, shipped directly to you. But it was a, it was a, in fact, Mike. I wrote a column in the Mustang Times, and uh, for those of you, Mike, how about this? For those of the uh, people on the podcast that don't get, they're not in the Mustang Club of America and don't get the Mustang Times. Maybe we can. Repost some of that on the Moxham website. Um, uh, my column about explaining the saga of that book—is that something we could do?
1: Absolutely. And then also, let's uh, once we get Mark on too, we'll put all the links in there for
0: them to order. And you
1: know, and you know, maybe we can uh, put a, a quick, a quick, brief description on there as well. Yeah. Um You know, in the, our episode.
0: Yeah. So we just want to thank all you people that are putting us on the spot. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're you know. not the first time, right, John? I'm sure it won't be the last. No, I know we get a lot of emails. Uh, so, uh, to Barb from Ohio, yes, we're going to have uh, more people stories, Kevin. We we are going to have a full explanation of uh, Ford the Collector's Edition, and yes, you'll be getting yours shortly. Um, and David, Ohio, I I, I really believe um, Mike and I can uh, start talking a little bit about some of the things we learned about getting young people in the hobby. Maybe get a few young people on here to to air their grievances with the current way. That the hobby is being run but yeah we'll share that with you um tech i'm still a little uh curious about i'm not sure um how we can do that on our podcast but i appreciate you guys throwing that one out there and we'll we'll definitely consider it and mike uh just for now just so that everybody knows it's not that you and i are shy about talking about uh the topics of the day it's just that i you know as long as we can make them entertaining for everyone or uh, have something new to bring to the table. Do you see any value in just rehashing what everybody's complaining about when it comes to the EVs? I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um,
1: you know, it's, it's kind of like a past subject now, if you will. Um, it was very hot and heavy and, you know, created a lot of um, commotion, I, I yeah. would say is a good word for it. Um, so, yeah, a
0: lot of angst out there. So, we yeah. don't want your Mustang Owners podcast to be one of angst and, uh, You know do we want to stir the pot a little bit we want to entertain a little bit more than stirring the pot we don't need to uh, poke the bear uh and if our ratings go down because you're not listening then we will poke the bear damn it no i'm just kidding uh we'll 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 try to make it as entertaining as possible so for if you have questions or comments or suggestions like these folks have make sure you send it to mike and i at clubhub that's c-l-u-b-h-u-b clubhub at ford.com i know the guy who monitors that inbox uh he's talking to you right now and mike i will send you all the tough ones so you can answer those on your own <laughs> <laughs> and we'll uh Got but plenty you know, of time. <laughs> yeah that's right so we'll uh we'll collect the next bunch and what mike maybe do another uh, listeners mailbags in the future
1: yeah absolutely i think we should do this uh
0: if not monthly at least bi-monthly so what's your take on uh maybe doing a couple of them on youtube so They can see my this. – I'll have to clean this office up a little bit, boy. (laughs) No, that's absolutely cool. And
1: you know what it might be really fun to do, John, is if we did something like that and and doing one
0: live from an event. Yeah, Gerard's got some great ideas to do a live podcast from an event. And so look at it this way, folks. Because of your suggestions – you're going to be seeing some new things we're going to try in the Mustang owners podcast in the near future. So all we can say is stay tuned and don't miss an episode, right, Mike? That's it. Okay. Mike, thanks so much for answering the tough ones. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sending in your questions to ClubHub at four.com. And so until next time, I guess we're just going to have to catch you down the road.